Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast for spiritual seekers and lurkers, the respectfully curious and the pursuers of their passion, hosted by Melanie Dawn, Jen Anderson, and Tanya Ryan. And today is a very special episode where it is just me. I'm flying solo, but not so solo that I'm alone. I have with me the beautiful Wild Sky Sisters, who are astrologers and many other things. I want to give you guys a couple different hats, but I'll let you talk about who you are on your own. So Wild Sky Sisters consists of Ange and Tamara, and they're beautiful souls. And welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast, both of you. Hello, thank you for having us. Yeah. So who wants to go first sharing um, just a little bit about yourself? Because I I know that you're a dynamic duo, but you're also separate, powerful individuals on your own. I know a little bit about Tamara so far because we both have the passion of Nidra and that is something that we share. Um, Maybe we'll start with you, Ange, because I don't really know too much about you outside of what with the Wild Sky Sisters. Mm, So, hi, I'm Ange. I live in Saskatchewan, Canada, which is... uh, Treaty 4, we honor as Treaty 4 territory, and it is the ancestral lands of the Blackfoot, Sioux, and Métis people. And I live uh, on a family, our family farm, my husband's family farm. Uh, So we are farmers. I would say first and foremost, that's been uh, a passion and a project that we kind of fell into. And and my, my dad growing up said, never marry a farmer. And I uh, didn't, but he became one. So that's fun. Uh, I have three younger kiddos. I keep saying little, but they're not so little anymore that are 10, 8, and 6. And so probably for the last five years, my full-on hat has been as mother. And Mm -hmm. that is the greatest love of, of my life. I think my kids, I, I find my expression and my heart and my soul uh, through my children. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am also, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think here. What else I want to say? It's hard, right? Like, especially, um, so Ange and I also share the uh, intuit, intuitive powers. And so she spends a lot of time and we're both water signs, right? Uh, so we spend a lot of time in the uh, intangible, the things that we can't discuss or don't have words to grasp. So I, I totally, I can feel your power, though. I feel it coming through. So you don't need and to yeah, the, um, find words. I think I would end that with, I am starting to claim uh, the words of being uh, a medium or working towards that uh, psychic realm. I'm not sure where I will land uh, specifically in that. I'm also an artist. I love photography. That is something that uh, has breathed life into my heart and soul and given me a, a um, a real path to go down. And I also consider myself in recovery. And that's something that I think has been the biggest thing in my life in the last 18 months. Uh, I'm sober from alcohol. It wasn't uh, a big rock bottom, but it was for my heart and soul. And so I haven't had uh, a sip of alcohol in 18 months. Wow. That's amazing. That's a huge feat because it is so prevalent in our society, our social gatherings. And 
Do you find that your intuition is taken off since eliminating alcohol? Yeah. If I'm really honest, a huge part of why I drank alcohol was because I couldn't handle my gifts. Mm. I couldn't handle my intuition. It was a real running and numbing uh, that I felt so big. And sometimes I would actually drink to uh, stop that. And so, yeah, my gifts have really (laughs) come online. Uh, lots of things that I didn't even know were possible. Um, and that, yeah, with this, I, I see not drinking as a sacred, uh, devotion and spiritual practice to myself. Yeah. It's beautiful. I've, I've been following your journey on Instagram. There was, when you said that you were just sort of coming into, um, the idea of medium or psychic knowing, have you resisted that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have a specific, I won't get into this story, uh, but at 18 years old, when the first time I actually saw and felt um, someone who had passed and yeah, it was, it was a very scary uh, transition point in my life where I was like, oh my God, what is this? Um, I think I had some knowing growing up, but it wasn't in the same way. And uh, yeah, it was during a car crash and actually seeing someone pass away. And then it was like the actual coming online of these things that I've felt my whole life is actually someone else's spirit. So, yeah. I'll speak to your power because I didn't know that you had this real connection to it. It travels across time and space because you got me (laughs) and you, you'd done my natal chart reading for me. And I, chose to do it in bed just before I went to sleep so that I could do it in more of a meditative state. Cause the way that these beautiful ladies deliver it is like nothing I have ever experienced before. If you have ever been in the most beautiful restorative practice or beautiful sound bath tied to a restorative practice or meditation attached to that, that's what this was for me. It was like being in a retreat space in my own little tiny cozy sacred space. And I was at that time going through, cause I have teenagers. So I, they're, they're, you know, pushing away from the nest and you're like, please don't fall, don't die. But they're like, no, we know how to fly. And uh, I was really going through one of those times and you were delivering to me my natal chart. And I've talked about this because it just, it stands out so much for me. You were delivering to me my natal chart and you stopped mid-sentence and said, I have to tell you this. And it was that I was doing a good job as a mother and like, you just couldn't have given me better medicine at that time. I just like immediately started weeping. I felt seen. It was, it was for me, one of the most like I've done a lot. I've had, you know, I'm in that circle. I have lots of intuitive friends, but I have never felt seen in that way or soothed in that way than you gave me. And I don't even, you didn't even know you were doing that. It was just, you felt the call. And I was so grateful that you answered that call for me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. It, um, it was both me and Tamara crying. <laughs> yeah, the moon is in cancer today or today. And so already this morning, the tears are flowing and are just like Kleenex wiping everything away. It's amazing. I wish that they could see this, but yeah, the Kleenex is coming out. And um, so Ange has, 
to sum her up in words that could never sum her up. She has a beautiful gift and I'm so grateful to be able to have met you guys really just in this last year um, and to be able to know you both and to see your journey. And um, I don't even know if what, what year of birth Wild Sky is in, but it feels like you guys just started it. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's We're fairly new. Year. It's in its infancy. And I am just... I am so, so excited to see you guys evolve. And you came um, to us too, right? On a eclipse, which is like a a moment of fate. It was the Gemini uh, eclipse that happened in June and you came on the exact date of the eclipse. And so we always pay attention on those days of like, because that is true faded connections that come on those days. So somehow you're part of this story and- I am. Yeah. I I couldn't feel more grateful to be a part of your story. So thank you, Ange, for um, sharing a little bit of who you are, just a tiny glimpse. And now her sister, Tamara. And and Tamara, you're the younger one, right? I am. You're the younger sister? Three and a half years younger. We don't forget that. (laughs) Yeah. That's my children's age gap too. Oh, I always used to think it was the best growing up. I just felt like it was just enough to not be totally on top of each other. Um, mm-hmm. but en- uh, enough that I feel like I'm so much younger. <laughs> oh my God. I was going to say it's actually three years, three months and three days. Oh, so, God, I've always no known way. It three, right. three, three. What a powerful connection. Three. So Tamara, I know a bit about you. Like I've creeped you and I know that we both, um, did we study, you took yours with Jana I, I took, I took it. Time. I took my first yoga ninja training with John Bosler of the Amrit Yoga Institute. And okay, I'm he, gonna look that up. Oh, he is so phenomenal, and and that was the same yoga lineage, like Kripalu yoga, that I had taken for my asana, you know, 200 hour training. Yep. And so I did a hundred hour yoga nidra training on the Sunshine Coast with John Bosler, and he's just he's such a phenomenal man. He has online YouTube ones, and once you hear his voice like immersing in his energy for 10 days. I was just like, I floated out of the mm-hmm. training. Um, wow. And then I went to a yurt in Ontario and did a 60 hour training with Jana Romer, who was like, I mean, again, her voice and, and being in a yurt and living off grid in a tent for seven days with this circle of women doing that training. It was like mm. mind blowing. Yeah. That is, that that is so personal. powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So yoga nidra is definitely a baby of mine um, that I that I absolutely love. But as far as like my background, I'm I come more from the nonprofit. Well, first I went into like the marketing world, and then I switched gears and always was like going overseas to volunteer. And so finally, I switched gears uh, to the nonprofit world, and that's what I did for a day job up until uh, February of last year. So I was the co-executive director of a women's charity that worked in Nepal with women, um, girls, getting girls in school and microcredit groups to allow women to find their personal empowerment. Mm. And uh, simultaneously was like teaching yoga nidra workshops and always incorporating nature into it. Uh, I've done a lot of studying with a good friend of mine, Don Elzer at the Wildcraft Forest School. And he teaches all kinds of things like wildcrafting and Shinrin-yoku, like wild forest bathing, immersing in nature's therapy, ecotherapy, 
shamanic, he does shamanic training, he does ancestral work, all kinds of, of things. And so I always was doing that kind of on the side while I was working my day job of nonprofit life. And, uh, and so that business is called wild breath and it kind of birthed the way for my love of the cosmos because I was, Mm. you know, immersing in nature and we can't forget that the sky and the stars and the, the planets are part of nature and are part of, you know, our cosmic makeup. And so that was kind of my doorway into the sky. So cool. Way cooler than I could have even made up. <laughs> I love that. What was the name of the guy who does is the wild forest? Don Elzer. Uh, Don and Elzer. his website's the Wildcraft Forest School. Yeah, he's a sweet it's- friend. It's interesting that your two main teachers are men. Is that does that show up in your chart at all? Because I'm always drawn to women as teachers, and I know it must be something. It's just like a resonance with me. Do you see any similarities in that, or is that at all? I, you know, I wouldn't say they're my main teachers though, because I've had many, many other mentors that are that are women or like female, feminine. Um, so you're yeah. non-discriminatory but those two I'm... that I mentioned yeah <laughs> and I'd say John Bosler and Don both are strong strongly in their feminine which is okay. really cool I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't consider them as like the traditional masculine but masculine yeah okay cool I was just the whole time you're talking I was like even as you said it I immediately got trepidation as I was like oh I have, I have a, um, somewhere in me is what I'm healing is this fear of the masculine. And so that's, it's interesting that I'm going to check these out because maybe that's a safe place for me to heal this wounding. Yes, definitely. I mean, John, John is a, yeah, incredible leader and can hold some space for that. But I actually took my yoga training from a married couple and so we had both kind of interlocking to each other. Um, and Ooh. I found during that training, I actually had more of an issue with the, the feminine um, and like needing to, I think we all have that inside of us, needing to find where we lo- live within that spectrum and how we relate to that, to either. It was like really easy for me to relate with like the fun joking kind of thing. But oh, when it yeah. came to that, the feminine wound that I think a lot of people carry that would show up for me, but it through that uh, original yoga training got, I I got to have a look of it and, and try to start healing it, which Mm -hmm. was really good. And then I had a profound um, woman mentor who died last year, who's still teaching from the other side, but um, she, she taught all kinds of really gritty shadow work and scream Mm -hmm. therapy and rebirthing breath work and that kind of thing. And uh, she, she helped also like heal that, that wound as well. And, and what was her name? I know that I saw you post about her, her in her past. Lori Mayers. Mm. She was a phenomenal, incredible worker with such depth. And, uh, we, we spent one crazy, beautiful day, this 12 hour day last spring, um, where I got to bring her to the little cabin that I had built mm-hmm. and, then she died Well, she had a stroke four days later and she died within three weeks. So, so she is like, when I really think of my teachers, she's the most present one for me still. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
And when you bring up your cabin, that was, so at the beginning of your natal chart reading for me, you set the most beautiful visual that almost had me in tears and I wasn't ready for that. I was like, I'm not ready for tears, but it was just, I could feel myself there with you. You, you really pulled me into the setting. And so you do have a powerful gift of translating the visual and making it and, and like an, a real experience for the people who receive your teachings. There is some construction all of a sudden happening outside of me. So <laughs> I'm not, I might have to just uh, pause real quick and, and move, but yeah, no I actually problem. think I will because it doesn't sound like it's going right. Okay, so we're back. It was a duct cleaning going on next door. So <laughs> it's good that I relocated. Um, coming into the birthing of Wild Sky Sisters, how did you guys, did you know you would always work together? Did you know that you were, that this was in the cards? Like, how did this come up for you? And when, when did it, when did it come into fruition? So, so last summer when I was building the cabin, uh, actually probably we should start with like, we both became pretty in love with Chani Nicholas, the astrologer. She's like a famous astrologer. Yeah. And we just like fell in love with her. Uh, and would do her live work or she would not live, sorry, her recorded workshops. So she would send be, way before she had the app, she would send uh, these workshops every single month. And, and me being me. Uh, yeah. I would like look to Ange and Ange would usually be the one getting them. And then, and then every once in a while I'd get one and we would always be doing them and always be talking about it. But we were totally just living our, our regular lives. Like we had no knowledge that we wanted to do it until probably a couple Christmases ago when we started getting our brother's birth times and looking at their charts and looking at, and like, I remember the morning we all were having coffee uh, at Christmas and we were getting everybody's birth charts in the family and starting to like see things that really stuck out to us. And so we both had very like individual journeys with it. But for me, it was like building the cabin and being out at the forest so much and sleeping underneath the stars every night and starting to get literal transmissions from the stars. Uh, there was one day that I was like, what do you want of me? I got up at 3 a.m. to pee and was literally just like underneath the stars and was like, what do you want of me? And a meteor came and like, or an exploding star. Like, I still don't know exactly what happened, but it just bl- like burst in the sky. And I had like goosebumps everywhere and was like, I recognize that part of my path will be working with the stars and uh, around the same time Ange was on the farm, having many of those experiences herself walking underneath this expanse of prairie sky. So we talked about individually doing chart readings for others. At that point, it was like, I couldn't have a coffee with a friend without being like, Oh, I got to pull up your chart and see where your Venus is or where. And it was like getting to the point where I was like, I, yeah, I, when I was studying Spanish as a language and, and I was in El Salvador, it was like I had to immerse myself in the culture of Spanish. And when I started to dream in Spanish is when you hear from people, that's when you're really getting the language. Mm-hmm. We started to be speaking in, in the stars all the time. And when we started to dream about astrology, it was like, okay, this is shifting rapidly. And we, we we're not 100% sure why, but we know this is part of our path. And we started talking last summer We did a really special trip where we were fully sober for two full weeks where I was on two summers ago. 
where I was on the farm. And I mean, for our family, a Scottish, you know, family (laughs) full of people who have great times and, you know, lots of drinks and stuff. Being fully sober for two full weeks is like, it's a feat. And it really transformed something within us. And we were talking about chart readings all the time and talking about business names. And eventually we, we got under the Wild Sky Sisters and uh, Ange like got the Instagram account for it. And we decided we're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to let it show us the way. We're not going to show the way to why we're doing this. We're going to allow spirit to show us how we should let this unfold. Uh, for both Ange and I, we're both, you know, we have our control stuff and our ego stuff. So it's like been a real practice and totally surrendering an everyday practice of kind of letting ourselves come back to spirit and our own personal practices are so important to that so that we can, and it's just continued to unfold. And we've continued to get the clients that we need at the time that we need them. And we've continued to open up programs that help us to heal our own lineage and we've come to understand that there is something mysterious happening and unfolding that has to do with ancestry way, way back for us. And so even though our grandparents weren't, we didn't know they were like astrologers, there's links and there's ties and there's enough breadcrumbs and clues that we see that they too had a relationship with the stars. And so we, we started our business on our, our maternal grandmother's birthday, who has been gone for uh, almost 20 years. And, uh, is that intentional? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we just continue to kind of watch that magic unfold. Uh, every time we think like, Oh, I, I, you know, I can't go on or I can't, or I'm not sure if we're supposed to, you know, go through this door, like open this window or what's happening. Like something opens where we are reminded of the way we're meant to move. And so this business is kind of, uh, Although it's like something wonderful we can do externally, it, it's so internal that we can't speak enough about that. It's, it's this mm-hmm. internal process of healing, but doing it like out loud. And Ange and I actually have astrology components in our charts where my MC, so the thing that, that I'm known for and her moon are together, which the moon is like the most internal emotional piece of us and her MC and my moon are together. So this is very radical. And we had an astrologer read our chart two years ago. And that's actually where I think the seed was planted. Like you need to do this together because you're both essential to each other's success in the world. Your most core emotional self is what triggers her public legacy. And your most core emotional self or her most core emotional self triggers your public legacy. And we were just like, we got to do this together. And it continues to unfold in the wildest way. That is like, that's mind blowing that you guys are opposite, like that, that happens for both of you. What is MC? Uh, it's short for. My medium cole is the Latin term. And, uh, and the IC, which is the innermost kind of core is immum coli, uh, but it's, yeah, they're Latin terms. And obviously we in life make them to be more (laughs) learnable. Would it be like the MC is the sun and the IC is the moon or no? They're similar. They are kind of similar in a way, but the MC I always call is like, it's like the rooftop patio of your life where everyone can see what you're doing up there. 
And the IC is the basement where no one can see what you're doing, but it's how your family and your most internal core kind of see you. Whereas like when you're up on the rooftop patio, everyone in town knows you're there and what you're up to, right? Like like <laughs> when I'm screaming inside my walls of my house at my kids, that's my IC. <laughs> I see coming on. Yeah. Yeah, totally. All of those, all of the darkest parts of ourselves that we wish that no one hears or sees. And the, they, they always do it in the springtime, right? When the windows open and I'm like, you guys never <laughs> fail. <laughs> you got to live on a farm so that no one can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know every time I just met some new neighbors and uh Jace had just he, you know they don't listen it's like it's like they force you to yell so I asked him like 18,000 times and then finally I yelled and Jace was outside on the deck and he's like mom the new neighbors there and I had him come in do some plumbing for me and I was like yeah so now you know I'm real <laughs> just happy that that you are a real person but it's yeah it's always embarrassing right and do you need a farm I need a farm I would love to know so the working relationship I think like a partnership an intimate partnership so in in a relationship of husband and wife there's always a, a dynamic at play what does that look like for you guys as Wild Sky Sisters? What kind of partnership? How do you guys navigate the partnership waters? Has it been easy? Has it been challenging? Like, what does that look like for you guys? It's, it looks like reparenting ourselves every single day. <laughs> we get to bring out the sibling sibling rivalry. We get to uh, live out some of our childhood trauma, I think. Um, you, you know, one of the biggest things, and I've said this in our podcast, Wild Sky Sisters was really formed the day Tamara was born. Mm-hmm. Our sisterhood um, is different than probably even most sisters. We moved every three years growing up, didn't have a lot of, we did have external friends and stuff, but then we would you know, just as we were about to uh, make really good friends, oh, we're going to be moving again. And so we do have a bond that is very different, I think, um, than most people. Well, and that's just Um, this lifetime. We've definitely walked like tons of lifetimes in different roles, right? Yes, 100,000%. And I think, it has been a challenge, but I, in in my opinion, it's been one of the most beautiful openings and invitations to really uh, surrender and to fully trust in another person. Where I think that that's one of the biggest struggles that people in business have is uh, we're in this you know very young uh, solar energy type of environment for society where it's like you got to work hard to do you know or do good to get good and all of these pieces that sometimes it isn't about that. It's about listening really hard to the other person. Sometimes it, you know, it has brought us back to faith and surrender. And what Tamara said about how Wild Sky Sisters started, uh, we don't have, we didn't have a clue. Uh, It just has been one foot and then the next following these God shots or spiritual breadcrumbs that, you know, even we started a Venus circle. We're like, we're not really sure why we're supposed to do this. And um, seeing the women and how they have touched lives, 
I think that that continues to come back to me that even when we do maybe have disagreements or fights, uh, and, and there hasn't been many, which is actually surprising um, for anyone who's saying that us in high school uh, would be like, <laughs> uh, are you sure? <laughs> um, but it has been the most beautiful opening. And, and I was going to say like, we, we actually started with the idea of a podcast because we got a reading from an astrologer and, and said to work together and weren't really sure what we were going to do. And at the time, that was two years ago, I was still in the thick of being really overwhelmed by little kiddos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the world had shut down. They weren't even in school, all of these things. So I couldn't have even imagined a business. And then we just followed the breadcrumbs and it's led us to this. So... It, it's a it's a beautiful car crash. Kind well, of one of the things that we do is we do have to make time for our sister relationship that's completely away from work. So we do have like we talk on Signal, the app, and we have a you know sister thread, and then we have a Wild Sky sister thread, and so it's like we try to keep business business, and we also try to keep our relationship sound because there can be this real blurring of it. And it's really vital for us to make sure that we make time for both of those things. Cause if one of those is out of balance, then the other one is. And, um, as Ange said, it's like literally reparenting ourselves. Like the, the hardest relationships are the ones that we can't leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that are like, like for me, I'm just like, this challenges me on a daily basis of deepening the thread to compassion and to in- intimacy right? That we have an intimate relationship with, with our siblings in a way that is like, we can't leave that relationship. We're not going to just break up and move on. We, we ha- and we have all this childhood stuff that happened for the 30 years prior to running a business together. And so there's no way out, but through, mm-hmm. through the fire, right? Every single day, it's like, and there are many times where, yeah, it'll be ease, ease, ease. And you have your best friend that you're working with, this summer, I went through the hardest experience of my life. Uh, and, and during that time, I couldn't have shown up to any actual business job being like, like a bawling mess on the floor, right? It was just impossible. But because I ran a business with my sister and my best friend, she was able to hold that candle the whole time. Uh, and then there'll, there'll be times where it is challenging where we're like, you know, you just want to do like the uh, that you like did when you were a kid, because it's your sister, you know, it's like someone who beat you up when you were younger, it's like, <laughs> you know, and I think that's what keeps it really interesting. Sometimes we'll just like not talk for a couple hours and then we're back to being totally cool, right? Or it helps us to, to go into our interpersonal skills and like, I'm tree. And now that we're both so mindful, right. We have all this, this toolbox of that. So it's like, I am feeling triggered in my body and coming from those points. And, and, you know, we use those tools so much with each other that it helps us to grow as human beings so deeply. And that's the astrology knowing like the difference between our astrology is allows us to be able to do that. Like Mm -hmm. when I first understood that I have a cancer mercury I get flooded and overwhelmed and I can't hear anything else. So I need to take a moment. And so just some of those small pieces allows us to be able to, you know, really take a look inward and also outward at the other person. And this is where they're coming from. It's, it's a different constitution. 
in a lot of cases. That actually leads very beautifully into my next question is, I know from dealing or talking and and hearing you guys talk um, through the priestess path and in the different lives that we've done and some of your podcasts that you've played is that you have a very, very, very balanced outlook of how you utilize astrology and still live your life. And um, I think that what you, because I think the more you know can sometimes become the hahala, the poison of um, life. But you guys, I know Ange said that you don't really look at the charts of your kids or they don't apply. It's just seeing your child exactly as they are. And I thought that's such a beautiful thing because I think people can get lost in, well, this is supposed to happen, so it's going to happen, and then creating it or even being in it before it even manifests. So I'd love to hear more about that. I know I know for myself, but I love the spiritual boss listeners to be able to absorb some of your teachings of balance. Yeah, the children one is really important, right? Is to, the, for me, it's like the planets and the solar system evolves. And as discoveries are made in the solar system, like that's how we know what that planet is meant to bring into the human awakening or to the soul awakening. So when Uranus was discovered, electricity was discovered around that same time. It was a time of revolution. So Uranus is the planet of revolution. When Pluto was discovered, it was like ready to, to go deeper into our psychological depths into the underworld. And so we see that as the as our consciousness evolves, astrology evolves. So the kiddos that are being born now, they have amplified consciousness, right? They're being born at a time when, when most, not most, but like the 1% of, of consciousness is truly there and holding space for them. And so they're coming in with such sheer awakening and awareness that they're going to evolve our knowledge of astrology. We shouldn't use astrology to hold them to what they are. We should allow them to show us what astrology is going to be. And I think that's so vital is that although it's, as mothers, it deepens our awareness of how to be more compassionate and more caring for our kids. Uh, we don't ever, you know, explain or use it at them, right? That you are this, or you're going to be this. It's like, show me what that means for you and show me how that can unfold. And I truly think in 20 years, like the kids being born today are going to already have this encoded knowledge of astrology and will, you know, we'll be making way bigger discoveries uh, and they'll be able to teach us. And so that's a really vital thing that we always say with our work. Do you look at it in your intimate relationship and do you ever uh, creep on your husband? <laughs> you know, and that there is, there is a phrase that always comes to my, to my mind and my head when I'm, I, you sometimes have to step away from the chart and there is a big component of, yes, it is a great self-reflection tool. Yes, it is a great uh, tool to try to understand others. But one of my big ethics is I actually won't look at somebody else's chart that I don't have permission for. Mm -hmm. uh, celebrities is a bit different if their information is public knowledge and it's out there. That's a tiny bit different. Uh, but there is a component of that that ethically... Um, yeah, what you what you said about what do we create in our minds when we think something is one way? And the biggest and it's part interpretation, right? 
And we interpret it through our own charts and through our own lens. And it could mean something completely different to someone else too. One thousand percent. We all have our own perspective and upbringing and the chance at fate and free will. And I think there is a huge component of that also that it's like, no, Scorpio isn't just this one piece, right? Like if you just take one sign. Yeah. (laughs) And, and you're not just your sun sign. There is, you know, there's tons of other planets in your chart. There's all 12 of the energies exist in your natal chart and you don't have one without the 12. So Mm -hmm. we have to consider the pieces of all the archetypes live in all of us. And there is a big component of astrology that went very psychological based uh, because they tried to quantify, they tried to make astrology more scientific and it didn't hold up to the rigorous scientific models of things. Yes, there is scientific pieces of astrology and astronomy, but it's still a a spiritual-led practice in a lot of different ways. And no one can tell you exactly how it expresses in your chart. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, we can get into our ego and maybe think things are one way and they're actually not, but I'm not going to, I don't need to be right when reading someone's chart. I want to be helpful. I want to allow them to, I see the chart as an encoded invitation to become the very best person that they can be. And so for me, with my kids, it brings it all back to cycles. Everything is a cycle. And when we see astrology through the lens of the sun helps us define the year, the moon helps us define the month. Those energies are changing all the time, right? And how can we look at our individual chart to gain great strength and awareness in these areas? But just like the moon, the energy changes, right? A lot of people call cancers moody, but it's they're moony. They The energy changes every two and a half days. And so allowing that flow, allowing the cycles, I would even say, you know, we haven't seen something like covid in our lifetime, but this is all a cycle. This has happened before. Same, same, but different. Yeah. Uh, you know, so knowing that everything is a cycle is great um, strength and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just comfort, just comfort knowing that, you know, there. this is the cycle and it won't be forever as well within the bad and the good, right? It really does bring it back to balance. And my eight, almost nine-year-old is going through a really, really difficult time. He has a chart that is maybe a bit more mm, complicated. And yes, sometimes I will look at it and be like, oh, this is why. And then that's comfort. And at the same time, it's not, right? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, like this is still really hard. And so that phrase, it's time to step away from the chart. Yeah. Like looking at our kids or our own charts all the time, isn't really great. And I think as you learn more, you start to just experience it. You don't say this is how it's going to look because astrology will show you, you think, you know, how it's going to play out because it should play out this way. And it happens in a totally different fashion. So that was really long-winded. <laughs> no, I've been hanging on to this, but I didn't want to cut you off because everything you were saying was so important. I think as parents, we can get stuck in 
ideas of who our children are, whether we know their charts or not, and just allowing it to be a cycle, allowing it to be a a process of nature. You said one thing, and this may be my noob, newbie um, astrology, not, not being able to grasp it, but the sun is the year and the moon is the month. What is that? Like, so is that... So yeah, in astrology, the sun changes every 29 ish days. So we can define our year through the 12 zodiac signs through the sun. And then the moon changes every two and a half days. So we define the month by the 12 split. You know, there is 12 energies each month as the moon moves through the zodiac wheel. Wow. Yeah, you have to know so much, hey? Like, but it's... I could see how you just dig in and and get there. I'm still trying to absorb that. So while my brain is still thinking on that, would you mind touching on, because most people know their sun sign. That's the horoscope that we read in the paper. But the sun isn't really, it's like you guys have such, I want to just tell the viewers so that they know a little bit about who you are and how you deliver it. But you did already when you said, you like to look at the potential and and like the the optimum potential of a person's chart and that's again your lens <laughs> and I, and I was so drawn to that because I've had my chart read now three times you guys did it once and two times before and I never had my potential read to me the way that you guys <laughs> read it to me I was like I really thought I was in for a hard life. (laughs) Like I thought I was going to have a very challenging life based on the readings of my previous charts. And then when you started, because I'm, I have a Scorpio rising and I know Scorpio does take a lot of heat just from even an outsider's perspective in the charts. But when you delivered that to me, you talked about Scorpio as the scorpion that can sting itself. So, you know, it can be a little bit of its own worst enemy but then in its highest expression, it is the eagle. And that just made my heart soar. Literally, when you said that, I was like, I can feel that. I can relate to that. But all I really knew was my sun sign. And I didn't understand what the moon and the rising. So that's the three that I've been looking at most in the last year. Um, and you hear most, you know, um, there's memes going around where the guy there, if the guy asks his mom for the time of birth, get out of there right now. <laughs> I'd say stay, but um, you know, so now it's sun, moon and rising. And if you could just in your most powerful words, give us the metaphors to bring that into integration because I know I couldn't understand it until you guys told it to me and then I was like everything makes so much sense so the rising sign I mean the ascendant the actual physical ascendant the degree you were born on is based off what sign was rising over the eastern horizon when you were born so even if you were born at midnight in Canada somewhere the sun was coming up right the there was, and there was this sign that was coming over that Eastern horizon, which then implanted on you as this energy of, of being a newborn baby. And so we call the rising sign, which is the sign that encapsulates that ascendant point. Uh, it's who you are. It's like who y- the world sees you to be. So kind of like a social mask, how you present to others. Um, how others see you. And sometimes it can be really, really physical, right? If you see Jupiter in the first house, sometimes 
people can be like bigger boned if it's Jupiter in, in Capricorn or something. You might be bigger boned if it's Jupiter in Sagittarius, you might have long legs. Like no way. really, really, really physical on a mundane level. Venus, wow. Venus on the ascendant, you always know that is a very beautiful person. Um like physically and have you looked that up in any like this is for tanya yeah she wants to know if you've discovered any quirks in people's charts specifically famous people have you looked at like the beauties that exist the the external beauty that exists and it's a venus well yeah well i haven't looked actually at that we've seen it in our own venus circles though like we see it with our clients big time but one really funny one is um the mc so the mc is based off of the point of the ascendant, right? Where the ascendant is defines where the MC is going to be. And just a funny one that I heard the other day was like MC Hammer has his MC in Aries, which is like tools or, or you know, weapons. No. Like it's like so, <laughs> it's so crazy. The irony. Like five degrees Aries or something is his MC. And so it's like, just sometimes it can be that personal. The rising sign sets that part up and anything in the rising sign is very much who you are. So people with Pluto in the first house in that rising sign, they take on a Plutonian character. It's how people see them. People get intimidated by them. They're very powerful beings. You say that to someone who has their whole life walked into a room and seen people's perception change and they're like, oh my God, I feel seen, right? Or or Mars in the first house, like they come off and they like are like, why I don't know why I'm like triggering people or how come people feel kind of prickly around me or why I'm really angry or why anger is my uh, thing that I work with. It's often because Mars is in their rising sign. And so then it starts to unfold your relationship with that planetary energy and knowing your rising sign can really impact how you physically treat yourself and your body. And then also it is who you are as well. It's like uh, traits or character traits that are just so personal to you that you don't even think about them. So rising sign is like so important because it's that first house of the chart. And, uh, and then also you can see sometimes if there was maybe a problem with the birth too, if it was on the ascendant, maybe there was a, you know, a very expansive, beautiful birth. Maybe it was a long, hard birth. You can kind of get a sense of the birth based on that ascendant. And then the sun sign is more like the personality, the way you shine in the world. Uh, And sometimes equates it to like the inner furnace, right? It's like, what is heating your house? What from your inner core do you radiate out with? When somebody meets you, you know, that personality trait is often the sun because it's how someone shines when they're talking to people. And it's like another layer of the onion, right? Mm -hmm. So their rising sign is maybe how they see you from afar and then they come and meet you. And they're a little bit more cheery and bright. Maybe that's their sun sign. And then how they truly feel inside and what they need on the inner core to feel validated or seen and heard is their moon sign. And the moon sign is often in children, like we see this in childhood, uh, because it's like they're growing in those first seven years, especially they're growing in a way that what happens to them is imprinted at the most subconscious core and it therefore kind of defines their light later in life. And so the moon can also be indicative of the mother or the primary caregiver because it's that person that they spend the most time with during those years. And they, they take on the traits of like, if that's how your mom loved you, that's how you try to find love the rest of your life. And that's your moon sign. So moon sign isn't always known to people until they're, you know, 
Like I imagine like the rising sign is like the you on the street, how you are. Your sun sign is when you come to the door and you have a conversation with someone and your moon signs when you come inside and like cry to them on the couch. <laughs> mm. Right. Wow. That's beautiful. Gorgeous. Um, sorry. I'm still taking that in. I love the, I'm, I'm picturing someone walking on the street, coming up to the door and then crying inside. <laughs> and you had, did it, um, did you relate it to a fruit at some point in time or there was yeah, we talk about the apple a lot. Yeah, yeah. Give me the apple analogy again. I loved it. Just that the apple is like, the rising sign is like the skin of the apple. So you see, and I live in the Okanagan, so I think this is what <laughs> it sticks out to me. But it's like, is it a Granny Smith? Is it a Pink Gala? Like a Macintosh apple? And so you see <laughs> who someone is by the rising signs, kind of how people know them. Then they take a bite into the apple and that white flesh is the sun signs, like how it tastes how it kind of like, yeah, like, you know, people are very particular about their apples. So it's like, that gives you like that sense of who they are. But then the core that holds the DNA of the apple is the moon sign, the Mm. innermost core. Holds the DNA of the apple. I love that. So what do you guys think, like, about what's going on right now? Not just COVID, but like the rapid transition that's happening across the globe the the heat that's rising across the globe there is a, a such an awakening that's happening and i just wonder your intuitive insights your astrological insights what do you think about what's happening do you see anything coming for us in the new year is there any insights that you'd like to leave us with as you part on the and don't think you have to part immediately you have as long as you need but before we go anything that you want to share with us about what we're looking for because I know you're both talking about cancer and it being like a really watery time but what's going on what is going on right now Well, I do think if we backtrack a tiny bit to the solstice last year, there was a major conjunction that happens that was in the media more so than probably any other astrological event. So we had Jupiter and Saturn conjunct at zero degrees of Aquarius. This is a shift from Earth to air. And air really in astrology is about, and especially Aquarius, the collective, it is about the, you know, how we care about others, but in in the sense of a larger group. And Aquarius is a lot about technology, innovation and change. So I think people have really come online to astrology in part because we do have these major influences of the outer planets that are coming into air. Um, It's not as much now about the physical material stuff around us. It's about things, you know, that we are going to talk about and ideas and, and some of these things. Now, also we look to the nodes of the moon that have been in Gemini and Sagittarius. And those energies are both very much about learning, researching, um, you know, really thinking that you know the answer. And so the nodes of the moon are collective energies that if you're born within about 18 months, um, you'll have the same north node. And you can just look to what's been going on in this last 
year and a half, everybody's a researcher, everybody has the information, you know, and, and that's the truth is subjective, because you can research and find stuff for both sides, right? And Gemini, the North Node is symbolized by the twins. And there, you know, there is two stories, probably more than that going on right now. So Going forward into 2022, they're going to shift to Taurus and to Scorpio. And so this will be a new collective consciousness that is happening. Now, this is a bigger 19-year cycle. So we can look back 19 years and the 19 years before it to look to what maybe is going to come. Um, but the themes of Taurus is going to be the collective drive that we're working toward. And so Taurus is about physical material resources. How are you resourced? It's about self-worth also. It's about fertility. It's about um, food. It's about our bodies. And, you know, I, I, I know, and just in saying that there's a lot of charge around a lot of different things to do uh, with the world, but I keep in my heart of hearts, knowing that Scorpio is kind of the magic and Taurus is how we embody that. And so also in the Taurus archetype is, is about, geez, is abundance. Abundance is available to all of us. I have a visitor right now. So I, Tamara, if you want to go ahead. <laughs> so, well, and for, from my perspective, like, again, going back to the fact that everything happens in cycles, we are at the major precipice of a ton of cycles that correspond with what has been happening in history, where everything changed in the world, where the American revolution happened, like the uh, American civil war these events that are lining up astrologically over the next six years ish, all the way to, to 2028 ish are very indicative of what has happened in, in like hundreds of years ago where literally everything changed, where economic crashes happened, where food supply shortages happened, where we had to shift our consciousness on how we grow our food and how we, uh, make our money and how we get our resources. And so this Taurus Scorpio lens and access that's happening is like, we do shift from this mutable information gathering time to a more embodied physical presence of how do we grow our food? How do we get our food to the places we need it to go? Um, how can we heal at a deep psychological level, Scorpio, right? How can we, uh, make magic from the mundane? How can we make magic by going down into the underworld and uncovering the parts of ourselves that are very full of grief, but that that grief is being portrayed as anger because it's unconscious, right? And and right now we're seeing a lot of that. But I think with this shift that's that's happening, it's like we need to deal with our own side of the street. We need to take personal responsibility for ourselves and go deep down into our underworld and know that by doing that personal work of excavation of psychological plumbing that that needs to happen we actually get to choose the consciousness that we're going into and there is multiple timelines that could happen right it could be that we go on a very rudimentary mundane survival based level just like everything in astrology there's like 
we call it the radical intelligence of a sign that is maybe the lower vibration, the way it portrays at a lower level. But there's also the total possibility, the expanse of possibility of Taurus, which is that everybody is thriving, not just the top 1%, that everybody mm-hmm. gets to build and nurture their land, their relationship with the land, come back to stewarding the land in a way that feels good to them, that comes back to making sure that they have all of the resources they need which is like a consciousness that I like to call enoughness. It's not luxury. It's not having so much and hoarding over here so that this person over here can't have enough, but truly having enough and knowing that we are taken care of when we take care of each other. And that's the the shift that we're in on a more faded soul evolutionary level. And then there's like the very... <laughs> mundane transits happening like Uranus is in Taurus right now Uranus the planet of upheaval and breakthrough is in the sign of earth fixed earth so we're seeing earthquakes landslides mudslides um, supply chain shortages you know food issues like where in Kelowna there's panic buying like crazy and there's literally no food on the shelves and we have to revamp our relationship with the earth and with how we value things that are coming and then we also see neptune and pisces which is related to mutable water which can be the shifting waters of our internal environment it can also be related to the the floods and flooding and landslides again that are happening externally to coastlines receding all of those things can happen when neptune the lord of the sea is in the home sign of the sea and so it's really interesting as an astrologer even as people who aren't astrologers but who are interested in this to be able to drop out of like the physicality of like oh my gosh the world is ending it's like no this is a cycle that is a long-term cycle we are watching it unfold we 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 have to deal with our rudimentary like survival you know and thriving tasks daily tasks but also every once in a while let's like pull out and go into witness and see from an astrological perspective like this has always been what's going to happen in the sky right and our collective consciousness can change and we know the power of collective consciousness if we can move out of like innate survival and move into I chose to be here I have gifts that I can offer I have enough eggs in my fridge so I can offer some to my neighbor. I want to grow food in a community garden and gather with the people. As we start to shift our own microcosm, the macrocosm actually shifts. And so the best thing for people to do is like when they see this catastrophe is turn the news off, get their body, this internal environment into something that is feeling like it's thriving. That's, that is vibrating at a high level it doesn't mean not uh, dealing with raw emotions, but like letting themselves grieve, letting themselves cry. Eco grief even is a real big thing right now where people are disconnected from nature and feeling so sad about the state of the world. So the best thing to do is to get into nature and to just feel the soil underneath your feet and to feel the sun on your face. And I mean, 15 minutes of that, you've got your body back into the state of like thriving with nature and the world reflects that. And so I think for me, the biggest thing with astrology is the chance to drop out of why is this happening? And, you know, this is so terrible to, oh, okay, I see I'm observing that this is a longer cycle. 
And I have the chance to play a big part in the healing of it. It like transfers the empowerment of it. As you were talking, I can't help but see how the universe is reparenting us. We, <laughs> we've become so disconnected from our own intelligence and our own ability to care for ourselves that with all of this external lack, like what's happening um, with the highways being washed out and the hoarding of food starting way back in 2020 with the hoarding of toilet paper and God knows what else, it's like all of a sudden we're being pushed into the, the fire to say, what do you really know? Are you capable of taking care of yourself? And are you capable of working with the land in order to feed and, and look after your basic human needs? Because if there's anything that I have seen over the course of this time is that people are becoming more engaged with becoming self-sufficient and going back to that roots of being able to care for ourselves. Like it just sounds the whole time you were talking, I was like, this is so intentional. This is so intentional what is happening because the disconnect can't go. We um, like, I think about me, my kids, like, thank God for them. If we needed to survive, they could hunt, gather and, and feed our family. But I couldn't. Like, I would be like, hi, bird. <laughs> Let's hang out <laughs> and, and maybe eat a few poisonous mushrooms. Like, so this is really, really spotlighting how capable we are of looking after ourselves. And when you have that knowledge, nothing can touch you. Nothing can touch you if you're able to, to care for yourself. Thank you so much for that. That's so beautiful. One thing that um, I wanted, to, I, where I had the brain fart after Tamara told me about coming up to the house as the sun, moon, and rising sign was how do you find that out? <laughs> so how do you find your sun, moon, and rising sign? And do you offer that as a service? Um, obviously you do, because we've been talking about it the whole time, but what is it called and how do people request it? What do they need to know in order to find these things out? And I'm sure people want to see if Venus is in their first house. <laughs> um, so yeah, the sun, moon rising, I mean, the rising sign is specific to the time that you were born and, uh, it changes every about two to two and a half hours. So it is kind of tricky if some, but some people who don't have their birth time, we can still find out where all the other planets were, right? Everything else is slow moving. The only thing that, that could shift is the moon because the moon moves pretty rapidly. So the moon could be between two signs. Um, but it's so valuable to know, like, where was your sun, your Saturn, your Jupiter, your Mars, your Venus, your Uranus? Like, there's so much to know. So even if people don't have their birth time, we all we often recommend, like, getting a first-time reading. They start to vibe with where the rest of their planets were. And then over time, we have had people rectify their birth time through a few things, like going to the hospital where they were born. And a lot of hospitals will have those records. Um, asking spirit for a sign and asking to see a specific time over and over. And over time, it actually shows up for them. They're like, I'm seeing, for me, my birth time is 908. I see that number all the time. Wow. And I'm in a relationship with that number, right? And so asking spirit, if they don't have it, you know, show me a sign over the next month. I'll, I'm paying attention. I want to know. Uh, oh my God, yeah. you just blew my mind. I, Kevin sees 1625 all of the time. He's adopted and we're not sure about his time, but that means he's a Scorpio rising. <laughs> 
he sees it all the time that just, and he won't believe me, but whoa. Yes. I just put those two things together. Like I (laughs) I know all of these things, but it's funny how sometimes hearing it. And using a pendulum or muscle testing too, right? Once you get clues from, from your guides. There are very specific astrologers that do rectifications and can, they'll ask you the major things that you have, like have happened in your life, whether when you got married, had kids, those type of things. And there are some really good astrologers out there that can rectify your time specifically. And that's what I would recommend if you're not able to get, um, to get your birth time. Yeah, There's we do. We will pull that. charts to just based on like events, like events or or like the birth of a business, and you don't need the rising sign for those kinds of things, right? You just want to know like where are the specific elements, where's the nodes in the chart, that kind of thing. So it's not always needed. But the other thing I wanted to just mention for some reason it's coming through really strong is that we also just did a reading uh, in the last month for a woman whose husband passed. And so we had his birth chart and then we also did his death chart and we were able to see some pretty incredible things that happened that helped us to recognize that he, he changed forms, but didn't leave uh, her consciousness or her, her, like they were still soul partners. Right. And it was the most beautiful thing. We had her, her daughter and her granddaughter in the call and I think that's a a piece of the Scorpio South node consciousness that's shifting is that starting to see that death is a shifting an alchemization of our spirit and that there is uh, the ability to even just pull the chart for the day that someone passed to start to see some clues about how, um, what the lessons from the passing were, which is mind blowing. Oh my gosh, that yeah. is so cool. I didn't even think about that. Like that's going to be probably your next big thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, and working like I, I'm a part of the Death Doula Network of BC, but I can't be like an acting Death Doula at the moment, just being a single mom to a five-year-old. I, I can't be at someone's bedside for sure when yeah. they pass. So we are we are definitely looking at like, how can we work with that world that is growing that growing consciousness around grief and death and loss and help to get again a perspective that is maybe from the bird's eye view that helps us to maintain our relationship with those who have passed on and to continue to deepen that relationship even if they're not physically here yeah I I almost feel like this shift is bringing us to that too that death isn't the scariest thing that we face not living is and it totally. seems like the universe is trying to awake our awaken the consciousness to that. The I used to be terrified as a young girl, terrified, and more so after I had kids of death. It, it, it kept me up at night. I worried who would look after my children the way I could. Um, it was it probably was at the forefront of my mind twenty three out of twenty four hours a day up until they were probably eight years old. And then one of the books that shifted a lot for me was the Bhagavad Gita. It's a hard read, but it was, it changed the way that I viewed death and it changed the way that I viewed life and action. And, um, it just brought a lot of comfort to me through that. So I don't know why I felt compelled to share that, but, 
um, death doula too, Tamara. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's been something I've been so interested in. Yeah. And as a Scorpio rising for you, death is in your first house of like what you unconsciously even just are and think about. So that makes wow. so much sense. It's like one of your, yeah, the things that you would be here to learn about a lot. So that. That's very interesting. Very, very interesting. So we we will wrap it up just because I know you guys have lives and you're both busy, but are you ever going to offer this knowledge to the regular people out there? <laughs> Anyone who's interested, is there a training coming? Is spirits is spirit whispering? Well, we have a couple containers that are already running right now that will run again. Uh, our solar infusion container is a six-month program where we go through the solar seasons and the sister signs. Um, we're looking at and do have already uh, on our site about cosmic guidance. So anyone, if they potentially wanted even to mentee with us, could probably go through that realm for sure. We have Cozy Cosmos, which is a community that where we're learning together and really seeing the sign expressions like the people in Cozy Cosmos are coming to the meetings telling us how they feel and how the transits are going for them, which has been the greatest expression for me and Tamara to get to know our, you know, chart. So now learning through them also. Uh, But I think, yeah, there definitely probably is a, a course that's coming We're also kicking around doing something around addiction and around uh, looking at the ways in which we maybe try to run or numb and our relationship to those things because Scorpio self node for 2022 getting really comfortable with how we heal through the darker things. Mm. How do we find the beauty in those dark pieces? Uh, which I think is going to be really beautiful. So that's coming in January. We're not exactly sure what it's going to look like. It couldn't be more timely. That is, it's just energetically, we are all being turned towards the dark. Look at, look at the places where we're aching and and grieving. And I liked what you said, Tamara, that, um, that anger is unconscious grief. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Usually underneath. Somewhere there. There's some good quote that's like, yeah, I, I, or I talked to my anger and she told me her name was grief or something like that. But mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty. Emotion. Yeah. 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 And, and Jupiter is moving into Pisces December 28th as well. And, and Pisces is the way that we merge with spirit. And some people right now merge with spirit through shopping or gambling or, you know, mm-hmm. food, sugar is a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, yeah, there's no, no judgment for anybody social who comes media. to Wild Sky Sisters. We like, yeah, social media is a big one. We have a relationship with all the ways of escaping, but we also want people to be able to merge with spirit, you know, in a healthy wholeness way. And all of our, yeah, I would say all of our containers that we run always have an astrology educational component. But at some point we might do like a more rudimentary, like here's the science, here's the houses. We did a bit of that at the beginning. We're trying to repurpose some of that too, like intro to astrology courses, um, mm-hmm. intro to the sky, we called it. And, 
And I think we will repurpose that soon, but everything's at wildskysisters.ca. So all of that will be on our website there. And for people to get what, what we've been talking about when we've been talking about charts is they called needle chart. And for people to get a needle chart, all they need to know is where they were born, uh, what day, and for their moon sign, what time. Mm-hmm. But if they don't have that, you can work around that. Exactly. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Is there any other offering? Oh, also tell us the name of your podcast because it's awesome. Mm, the inner <laughs> apocalypse. <laughs> I love it. It's really coming like true because apocalypse, we've, Ange and I and our brothers have grown up always talking about the apocalypse, the impending apocalypse. I think it's just like a, yeah, mindset. I like more, many of us have been under knowing that our world was getting to the point where it's just had enough. Um, but the more that Ange and I started doing that inner journey and traversing to the the depth of our souls, realizing that this term apocalypse actually means that inner revelation. Uh, this is this is we 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 were like, what is that? A course? Is that something? And then finally, we were like, that's the podcast. So I love it. I've yeah. listened to a few of your episodes, and it's just so compelling. So great job, guys! And I'm glad that you got it. You know, I'm glad it got birthed after a couple of years because I know um, you've been, you guys have been busy, <laughs> very busy these last couple of years. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I have appreciated it so, so much. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Spiritual Boss. We so appreciate you listening. Please click the subscribe button. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends or leave us a positive review so that more people can find us. We welcome emails, input, and comments as you can email at spiritualbosspodcast at gmail.com. And my tongue is getting twisted. You can also find us on Instagram at the spiritual boss podcast. We have been getting some pretty sweet emails and we get so excited. It's an immediate group chat between us all. So please send those. We love them. And I hope you all have such a wonderful day. Peace in, peace out.